Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. So say you have a friend or a relative who wants to start a new business. Now, during the pandemic, would you advise against it? Well, we found a woman, her name is Anthea Talliard, who did start a business, a new enterprise, an art gallery, in fact, in rural Nova Scotia this summer. We just had to find out how it's going and if there is perhaps a pandemic advantage, in addition to all the challenges, to starting a new small business in rural Canada at this time of uncertainty. In her case, she says, there is. Have a listen to her story. Hello, Anthea. Welcome to Rural Spark. Hi, Helen. Thank you for having me. So you're on the lovely eastern shore of Nova Scotia, and like everywhere else, we've all been concerned about what's happening with the pandemic, with COVID-19. And it struck me that a lot of people who might have been thinking about, you know, starting their own business at some point, uh, maybe even last year in 2019, might have had second thoughts this year that maybe the time wasn't right, but you had other ideas. So I'm interested in having you uh, tell us a little bit about what went into your decision to start a business now, despite being, uh, we're all in the pandemic, on the Eastern Shore, and, and what exactly led you to that decision? Well, I think it was a couple of things. The first is obviously that I'm traveled all over the world and, you know, come through South Africa, then come through the Middle East, then Toronto, now here and we obviously have a broad perspective on tourism and art in that space and then also the appeal of conservancy of the area i think that was sort of one of the main drivers for myself as well i always have been attracted to ocean kind of environments and environments that have been naturally protected and then having an ability to do something about that was obviously a big factor in terms of uncertainty, well, I think the uncertainty will continue and it'll probably continue until a vaccine is provided, which could be another two months, could be another 18 months. Uncertainty is a given. So for me, it became more an issue of, okay, well, fine. Uh, it's all very volatile and it's moving around. What can I do in the middle of that to, to get on with life? Uh, I, I don't, didn't really feel like having my whole life on hold for 18 months. I think really that was it in a nutshell is in every challenge lies opportunity. I had an opportunity to seize that gap. I'm comfortable in uncertainty. I've been in those spaces before in my travels and working overseas. So yeah, that was Terrific. It. Well, uh, tell, and tell our listeners uh, about your business that, you know, its name, what, what exactly do you do there? Okay. So the name of the business is the Eastern Shores Gallery. And shores being that I come from afar and I'm not aware of all the nuances of shore here. But to me, I just, I just saw a number of beaches, a, lo- a number of beautiful spaces, the Hundred Wild Islands, all the way up Chesacook, right through up to Sheet Harbour. It's absolutely beautiful. And I saw a large proportion of artists who really make quality work. So... For me, coming into the area, I was going, well, why does the South Shore get all the um, attention and why is the Eastern Shore not getting it? So I just kind of seized the gap and said, well, it's time. It's time for the Eastern Shore. It's time for the artists to be represented, given an opportunity and showcased, not as crafters at a market, but within the the nuances of all the really quality stuff that they do. So mm-hmm. that was it. That was where the shop came from. Right. And you're uh, 
along the eastern shore we have lots of uh, small and you know maybe medium-sized uh, communities but you're in a, a small community called Jador is that correct and, and the immediate population how would you describe what the population base uh, is is to your immediate area very tiny <laughs> I don't think there's more than like a thousand two hundred people here it's it's a very small area right. it has no municipal space of its own it sits within the side of HRM uh, we do have a post office, uh, a garage, mm -hmm. a tiny shop, Sobeys, and a bottle store. That's about it. So I am on the highway, though, and if you sit quietly outside my shop and listen to the highway, it's pumping. There oh. are hundreds of cars going past every day on their way somewhere. Right. Um, right. You know, up, up the shore or down the shore back to Halifax. And so it's very busy on the highway. The shop itself is situated on the highway. Right. So despite being in a, you know, a sparsely populated area and us being in a pandemic right now, you've actually, you've only been open, um, have you been open two months yet? You're, and you're actually no, getting, you're doing no, fairly well. We've been open three weeks. <laughs> oh, three weeks. Okay. So yeah. tell us, but, I, but I've heard through the grapevine that you've actually been having some decent traffic in these past three weeks. Tell us about that. Who, who's coming in? I've had a lot of traffic. I would say day one, we got about 120 people that arrived. Uh, the bandwagon was there to support us with food. And we had fortunately quite a few of the artists there. So we were able to queue everybody outside on the picnic tables. And they all had to wait their turn and come into the shop five at a time. But it was a very, very busy day to start um, and a very successful one. And since then, it's, it's been good been solid it has its days like a Tuesday which is a much slower day and that's mm -hmm. the day that I've decided to close down but the other day is we have a, a steady stream of people one car two cars one car uh, which is very handleable from a COVID point of view mm -hmm. and, and good for me because I can speak to the people who come into the shop and I can understand who they are and what they buy and what they're looking for and where they come from so it's been good for me in that way because I've been able to get sort of four, four groupings of markets really going in my head. You know, we don't have any international tourists. Everyone is local in some form or size through Nova Scotia. So it's been more a question of trying to figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And what you're selling there, Anthea, you're, it's works of art that, you know, they, they run the gamut from uh, jewelry to paintings and everything in between? Absolutely. So we have fabric, we have rug hooking, needlepoint, we have um, oil paintings, we have acrylic paintings, we have alcohol, ink, resin, we have various forms of ceramics from functional pottery in the house through to decorative through to raku. We have very, very impressive woodwork, um, some really amazing wood products that have been done both indoors um, products like charcuterie boards and wine bottle stoppers and pens to outside furniture. We have cards, photography, a little bit of folk art. Yeah, you name it, we have it. Stained glass, jewelry. Um, lots, lots of choices there. You know, Anthea, you don't strike me as someone who uh, lets other people tell her what to do, but I'm wondering, did friends and family, when you came to them with this idea, you're going to start this gallery, at this time in this location, did some people close to you try to talk you out of it or, or um, did, did, well, were there naysayers yes, around? Yes and no. I come from this background and have done this before. Mm -hmm. So those who know me and uh, you know, know me well would have seen it as a perfect fit. 
However, a lot of my new friends that I made, obviously within Halifax and, and the, the area, were a little bit gobsmacked. They um, couldn't believe that I would actually consider it to be an opportunity and considered it very courageous. Well, as they said, you're either incredibly stupid or very brave. So that, you know, the, um, as I say, the judgment is out <laughs> as to which of those it is. But I think at this point, it was more for me something that I, I know and I could see the opportunity to do it again. <clears throat> and COVID, notwithstanding, COVID's actually provided its own opportunities too. Many of the festivals are not happening. Right. So artists have a lot of work available that they really don't have places to showcase. Halifax is chomping at the bit to get out of Halifax and go on a trip yeah. somewhere. And the South is not really available to them as many things are closed there. The East doesn't have all the traffic, so it's appealing. And then many of the galleries and shops that are here did not open this year for various reasons. So, you know, it all sort of combines to, to kind of make a, an opportunity. And I'll take a moment now for a quick shout out to our sponsor, ExploreNet. Sometimes it seems like rural Canadians get forgotten when we see big developments in technology like 5G internet. But what's different with ExploreNet is that they focus only on providing internet service in rural areas. And they're going to bring the latest 5G ready technology to rural Canada even before the cities get it. ExploreNet keeps almost 1 million rural Canadians connected to what matters most. And they've been a champion for rural Canada for more than 15 years. Learn more at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I did want to talk about that. Like we often look for silver linings in this pandemic and um, maybe for business people, there are some silver linings that you might not have as much competition. Some other people might be available that weren't available before that sort of thing. So in your case, that has been the case. You, you have some case. opportunities, new opportunities. Yeah. And we also have an online website where I don't have all of the product listed. I only have some of it at this point. I'm still trying to load the other up. But that's also resulted in sales out to the U.S. and into the broader Canada for people who could not come to Nova Scotia and wanted to. Uh, so there is a love affair with Nova Scotia, and they obviously um, are missing the opportunity to be here. So they are purchasing. Right. And there have been a various support programs put out by the federal and provincial governments. Was any of that applicable to you, or did any of that make a difference for you? No, I came in too late. Okay. A lot of that worked in March, April, May was the qualifying kind of months. Uh -huh. We only started the business in July. But I do qualify going forward because obviously we want to, you know, my first sort of thing was how is this going to go? Is it going to go? So I've done it in a phased approach. And the first thing was just get the shop up. Then it was get the online store. up. Both of those are now working. And the next phase then is food. And obviously within that space, the government programs for small business obviously apply and I am able to access some, some information and resources there. Right. But interestingly, it wasn't a deal breaker for you getting off the ground. No. No. A lot of businesses are, you know, those in small business who kind of made it this far are looking with some anxiety to the fall, right? We're hearing about a second wave. People are concerned. How do you look to that? Are you kind of just rolling with it and doing what you're, you're rolling out your plan and it, uh, not paying much attention to worries? No, about no, no. Very much paying attention to it. When I went into the lease arrangement here, it was on a four-month window okay. with a COVID clause. 
which basically said that if there is a second wave, I exit the rental agreement and we close down the shop. Oh, well, that's smart. Yeah, the expectation then is that if that does happen, I will take the artists home. I've got a great big basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll continue with the online store and shipping the goods out via digital marketing. So just continue the online presence at that point, but not closing it down. And then if the second wave doesn't come or is managed, whichever way it kind of works, we'll continue on. Right. And, you know, off topic a little bit of the, the, uh, the shop and, and becoming an entrepreneur at this time, I'm interested about your transition from being in Toronto, you know, to coming to uh, rural Atlantic Canada in the context of the pandemic. That's a big transition at any time, but we know that, you know, there's been a lot of COVID-19 uh, concentrations and outbreaks in rural centers. Do you, can you see this having more appeal, the idea of going to a little bit of out-migration in favor of rural communities? Yes, I think so. You know, the city is an uncontrollable element, especially a city as big as Toronto. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, the density in terms of people within just the apartment rises, going out, walking the dog, never mind going out to try and get takeout or shopping or anything like that. It, there's just people everywhere. So, I mean, I live on West Chador Road. My neighbours are two acres away. My shop's five kilometres away. I control the access into that shop five people at a time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's this is a far more controllable, safer environment. Um, you know, there's plenty of antiseptic and masks to go around and, and I, I feel like here I can actually manage the risk, whereas in the city, I didn't feel that at all. The city is just coming at you from every angle. Right. We've just sent our son up uh, to Toronto for his master, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to think about that too much, and <laughs> and hope that he's being safe and listening to his mom. I, I think he will. But I'm also wondering, Anthea, about um, if we look beyond, you know, larger scale for small business and entrepreneurs. Given your experience having done this during the pandemic, do you have any advice for other entrepreneurs or maybe would-be entrepreneurs who might be thinking about starting a a new retail business during the pandemic or wondering if they should wait? Uh, I know it's a very personal decision and you're not the kind of person to put off things, but are there any uh, lessons that you take out of your experience that you could share? Sure. I think the first piece of advice was you can't do anything alone. So if you're expecting to start a business alone and do it alone, you're probably going to fail. If, however, you have support within the community and a network of sort of like-minded people who can work with you and you are listening to counsel and you are kind of working through the the challenges as they arrive, because there is a lot of stuff that arrives. I mean, we just three days ago transition to mandatory masks. Um, you know, the impact of that on the business is, is big. Cons- you know, consideration of food in the future, it's also big. So there's a lot of swiveling, a lot of thinking on your feet, a lot of discussion and then positioning. So I think my advice to you is be incredibly flexible, be very open-minded and work with others, you know, to do something that is bigger than yourself. Uh, In my case, what I feel comfortable with is that I have 28 artists whose lives are in my hands, but I'm also in their hands. And collectively, we are doing what we can to promote the 
gallery and make sure that it succeeds. So, you know, that, that's a big team. Um, and I don't feel like I'm doing it alone. Right. Right. For sure. Good advice. And of course, putting a COVID-19 clause in your lease, not a bad idea either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank well, you. Yeah, I should stuck with the rent, rent for two years and that's a bit of a blinder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Anthea, for taking some time to tell us your story. Uh, we're interested. Hopefully we'll track down some other uh, brave souls who are starting businesses during the pandemic in rural Canada and share that story. And uh, I hope to make my way up uh, further up the highway and drop in to see you sometime. Oh, that'd be wonderful, Helen. I'd love to see you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.